eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Chase, I'm watching the race. They show you at the end of the race and you're tearing up. Moments like that you dream about for somebody who's wanted to race their whole life. Couldn't ask for anything more. Game Time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is NASCAR's youngest superstar, Chase Elliott. Presented by GEICO. At the age of 13, our guest today was featured in Sports Illustrated along with golfer Jordan Spieth as a future potential star. Now at the age of 24, he is the third youngest racer ever to be crowned NASCAR Cup Series champion. It is my pleasure to welcome the new champion, Chase Elliott. Chase, welcome to Game Time. Thanks, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me. All right, so Chase, I'm watching the race. They show you at the end of the race, you obviously win the race in Phoenix, and you're tearing up. What were those tears of joy, tears of relief? What was that all about? Yeah, just a lot of excitement, you know, moments like that you you know, you know dream about um, for, for somebody who's wanted to race their whole life. So just an incredible couple of weeks, you know, just you know, not just Sunday, but I mean, the preceding seven days uh, up until that point have been have been amazing. And what a way to end it. I mean, couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, you probably don't remember this because you weren't born in 92. I was the Grand Marshal at Martinsville and you won that race the week before, which obviously led you to the championship. Now, you said after the race, I'm going to break down. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to look like a fool. Did you have a breakdown yeah. after the race? <laughs> I, I haven't yet, but I honestly haven't had any real time to myself. So um, at some point, I'm I'm going to really have a lot of, you know, going to take some time and reflect on it. And I'm looking forward to that. Your dad, Billy Elliott, left uh, quite the legacy. And those are pretty big shoes to fill. Did uh, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville give you any tips prior to the race? Yeah, you know, just enjoy it, I think, has been his message over the past couple of weeks. You know, that that's an opportunity and a situation. Even just to be in that situation isn't something that comes every day. And before the race, he said, look, all you got to do is beat three guys. So, you know, that's it. So try to keep it simple and 
uh, it worked out. You know, the reason I ask you that is that your car did not pass inspection before the race, and yeah. your penalty because of that was that you were going to start at the back of the race. Yeah, yeah, we had to take an extra lap around the tech line, but, you know, fortunately our car was balanced really well and, and we were able to able to get back up through there so made for an interesting start for sure but it was you know it was, it was all fun when it was all said and done all right tell our viewers and educate me on the pool room siren that goes off in dawsonville georgia when an elliot wins a race yeah so it's a tradition that started a long time ago they did it for my dad um, the, the gentleman that owns the pool room's name is Gordon Perkle, and he is just a big-time race fan, a, a historian of, of racing, really. <laughs> Sounds like a tornado, you know, a tornado siren, but as I progress through, that's a tradition that Gordon's kept for me, which is, which is awesome, and got to experience a, a great homecoming here in Dawsonville. Well, I think I uh, speak for all the citizens in Dawsonville. We want to keep this thing going for quite a while, so hopefully you can continue to be a success. Uh, you know, after the race was over, you know, for those of us who appreciate being a parent, um, you know, I have two kids myself around your age, a little bit older than you. When they accomplish something in their life so great as you have accomplished here, you know, the uh, outpouring of emotions come. And I saw you hug your mom and your dad after yep. the race was over. Can you share with us what might have been said at that moment? Yeah, you know, just a lot of excitement. I mean, there, there's certainly some things that, that we talked about. You know, it's been, uh, we've, we've had some some things with family and some really close friends uh, passing over the last year. Uh, so it's been kind of a trying year, really, for, for us as a as a family and a little bit about that and just uh, how, how excited we were. When this journey started back when I was racing go-karts and things, obviously they were a part of it then and they've seen every step of the way and, and watched some good days, watched some bad days and kind of watched it all come together, which is something that uh, you dream, man, that you dream about. That, that's a dream. So yeah, just enjoyed it. Certainly a dream that came true. Uh, you mentioned it, the go-kart racing at the age, I'm, I'm assuming somewhere around 13 or so, because that's when you were featured in Sports Illustrated with Jordan Spieth. I mean, obviously racing's in your blood. You took to it and somebody saw something at the age of 13 that thought you were going to be this champion. I mean, that's been an amazing run. It really has. You know, I, I started racing go-karts when I was eight and, and, you know, got to racing some different cars there around 12, 13, and, and appreciative of being in the article. I think it's really cool, but, you know, to kind of have things go on and, and have some opportunities down the road, yeah, it, it turned out to be amazing. All right, welcome back to Game Time, everyone, where we are joined by newly crowned NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott. I know that two words he really doesn't want to hear are this, next season already. <laughs> but next season starts in mid-February with the Daytona 500, my personal favorite. Is that too short of an off-season for you guys, Chase? Man, it's a short one for sure. When you win, it's like, dang, I, I wish it would last a little longer. I, I don't want to. I want to go back to the track yet. But I do think we learned a lot of lessons this year with with COVID and and uh, man, we as an industry did a phenomenal job. You know, we we got behind in, in our season, much like everybody else did. So when we started back, uh, mm. we had to make up some races, and there there was a stretch of time where we were racing, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday for a couple yeah. months we were just able to minimize time at the track but maximize the efficiency of how we do this and still put on the same great race so i think there's some lessons from that standpoint that we can move forward with and and learn from 
You know, and by the way, I do agree with you in regards to NASCAR. You guys were the first major sport back, and you were the yep. one that tried to bring some normalcy back to the rest of our lives so we could have something to enjoy on the weekends. And, of course, as you mm -hmm. put out there, sometimes Wednesdays as well. There were even a couple double headers, like back-to-back -back weeks. I think the Poconos, right, was a back-to-back -back yep. race. What was that like, racing on a Saturday and a Sunday? Yeah, you know, it honestly went really well. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I, I feel like everything they did from that standpoint, the double headers, the midweek races, uh, a new element to NASCAR that people have never seen really in the cup series. So I just think it fits our mold. Mm -hmm. I think we're, we're better served at, at racing more and, and less time practicing and, and just kind of wasting time at the racetrack. I think we can put on some great shows and, uh, we can do them, you know, the on a saturday or sunday or wednesday yeah. or thursday you know so uh, i think it was a, a a big learning experience you guys are becoming like the nfl every day of the week we're going to have football games before you know it yeah, uh, you know sure. you know the interesting thing is is that in nascar it's always about the track that's the way i think of it as just a casual nascar fan i know we love our drivers we love the numbers of the cars the painting of the car all that kind of who you're driving for who the team owner is mm -hmm. uh, what kind of car you're driving where but to us i think just novice fans i want to know about the track daytona talladega martinsville we were talking about and now bristol tennessee one of the more famous tracks is going to a dirt track surface next mm -hmm. year it's kind of like the nhl doing the outdoor game for uh, you know, for, um, you know, the Winter Classic. And I'm just wondering, what is that going to be like driving on a dirt track? We haven't seen that since, what, the 70s? Yeah, you know, it's going to be super interesting. And, and these cars are just not meant for that, right? So how are we going to have to change them? What, what are we going to have to do to be prepared for a dirt race? So, you know, there are some guys that have dirt background that came from different types of dirt racing. I've done a little bit, not a ton. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting and it's certainly the one on the schedule next year that sticks out at me the most. Uh, and I do think it's going to be interesting. So we'll, I'll learn with you. We'll find out. <laughs> you know, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea to get fans to watch. Chase Elliott won NASCAR's championship in the final race of the year in Phoenix. Now, that same race also marked the end of Jimmy Johnson's career as a full-time driver after registering seven championships and 83 wins, which is tied for sixth place on NASCAR's all-time win list. I saw a fist bump between you and Jimmy. I've gotten to know Jimmy over the years, Chase. And uh, what, a, what a gentleman, what a just a terrific uh, face for NASCAR all these years. Uh, what was that like being his teammate and knowing that was his last race? Yeah, just such a cool moment to, to share with him. I mean, he, he's a great guy. He's been a great friend of mine, a great supporter. Um, I'm not sure we had many bigger fans than him. Just uh, an honor to, to share the track with him, to be teammates with him, and, and more importantly, to, to call him a friend for, for a long time now. You know, the other great thing about NASCAR, you guys are expanding. I don't know if people know this out there, but you have new tracks coming in Nashville and in Austin. What are those tracks mm -hmm. going to be like? Yeah, you know, I, I think both are, are good additions, and it's a different market in places we haven't been racing, which I think is good. So I, I just I really applaud that the leadership group at NASCAR right now is, is man, they're making changes and, and they're getting uh, out of traditions that we've been doing just because we've been doing them for no other reason than that. Yeah. And, and I'm glad to see him making some, you know, making some change and trying new stuff. You know, the interesting thing in the NFL and the, the league that I used to play in, they've changed a the league 
significantly. So where it's more offensive minded. So guys like Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and all these great quarterbacks could really put up just superstar numbers. And I think NASCAR sees that in guys like yourself, the young generation that is coming up that's very likable and you guys are willing to take chances. And you and I were just talking off air about this road track that's going to be made into a dirt track in Bristol and what right. that is going to be like. And you guys are willing to take the chance to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good point. You know, I, I think, you know, I guess from the younger crowd side of things, it's like, heck, you don't know much. You, you don't know different, right? So right. you're not setting your ways because you've been doing it for so long yet. So you're just kind of open to whatever's next, which, which is cool. So it's just a different perspective. And as time goes, I'm sure everybody's will change a little bit. All right. So you're going to have a new teammate, uh, Alex Bowman. That's his name, right? Uh, well, Alex has been a been a teammate at HMS, uh, but next year we'll have Kyle Larson joining us. But Alex is also Bowman the Showman, right? Bowman the Showman, he he is that, yeah. <laughs> what what makes him Bowman the Showman? Is just his personality, the way he drives? Yeah, I feel I don't I don't really know where he got that nickname. Um, he's not he's a pretty quiet individual, so I'm not sure where he where he got that nickname for sure. But um, yeah, he he's going to be uh, a part of HMS uh, for next year and, and hopefully moving on uh, beyond that too. So um, he's been a, been a good one and they, they had a strong run, just didn't have some good luck there over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask one of you drivers is rubbing racing or no. I, I think it depends. I think everybody just kind of races how they get raced, you know, and, and it's kind of give and take, give what you get type thing. Uh, at the racetrack. Well, you know, the great Tom Cruise, as Cole Trickle said, Rubin is racing. One of the most powerful images of the year for NASCAR was when all the drivers and teams followed behind Bubba Wallace in his car down pit road at Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama after it was initially thought that a noose had been left in his garage area. Now, the FBI investigated and found that it wasn't a noose. However, it still was a powerful way for the sport to support a promising young African-American driver as well as to make a statement against racism and I have to say watching that seeing that uh, from afar I was proud of you guys the way that you handled it uh, what was it like to be a part of it you know in person and the intensity surrounding it and how Bubba handled the whole thing yeah I was just proud of the industry for coming together I mean you know obviously it was a uh, we all thought the situation was really really bad right when when the news first came out I think everybody was kind of taken back by that um but regardless of of things as they as they learn more i'm still very proud of how we handled it and um proud of everybody going and trying to comfort him you know because he he was i couldn't imagine how affected i would be if that were true you know as, as he just found that out so um yeah just proud of our industry and thought thought that um they handled it really well you know, I, I was glad that the FBI did investigate, and I was glad that the FBI basically came out and said it was not a noose, and that's uh, mm -hmm. and that shouldn't be taken because that's who not that's not who NASCAR is and will not be. But I also think that it may be the impetus that Michael Jordan decided to steal Bubba Wallace away from Richard Petty Racing and bring him to his team because I would imagine that that was uh, pretty impactful for Bubba to have Michael Jordan want to get into NASCAR racing. Yeah, for sure. It's a huge thing. And, you know, I think I think what a lot of people didn't know is Michael's been a racing fan for a long time. 
and I think he's followed NASCAR and kept up with it. Obviously, I know he and Denny have remained friends over the years. I've seen him at some races supporting Denny. So, you know, I know he's been a fan of it, but I guess just with everything that happened, he just felt like that was the time that, you know, he wanted to take this thought that he's had a little bit and put it in action. And uh, I think he's going to enjoy it. I think it's going to be a new challenge for him. He's the type of guy that doesn't like to lose. Um, and NASCAR needs another one of those those type individuals, and he's going to be a great asset. So you would fully expect NASCAR fans to fully embrace the great Michael Jordan? I absolutely do. Mm. I mean, I, I think you'd be silly not to. I mean, uh, I think every NASCAR fan should be excited that he's here, and I think I think they will be. So I was, I was just going to ask you, you know, as a driver, I see you as a quarterback of a team. You're the guy that's out there. You're making the in-the-moment decisions that are going to decide whether or not you win or lose. But you obviously have a crew chief. You have a staff. I mean, how big is a NASCAR team for a driver like you? Well, your team's everything. I mean, and just like in anything you do. I mean, if you're not surrounded by good people, you're probably not going to do many good things. Uh, just so many people have a hand on these race cars, the things that go on behind the scenes, the logistics of it all. I mean, there's 600 employees at HMS to run a, a four-car cup operation. So it, it's a very, very serious thing, right? And, and there's a lot of a lot of people and, and a lot of families depend on it. And so it, it's a very, very much a team-oriented sport. You know, it's interesting. As, a, as an NFL quarterback, we have a quarterback – to coach communication device in our headset. And the coach is always talking to us. And I always used to tell our coaches, shut up, leave me alone. I don't want to hear from you when I'm playing. You know, give me a play and get out of my ear. Uh, how's it go with you and your crew chief and, and the communication during a race? Yeah, you know, we, we try to keep things pretty straightforward. You know, I, I feel like we're, uh, we don't jibber jabber on the radio. You know, if I have something to say, it's going to be something relevant to the car typically and, and vice versa. So we don't, we don't really talk on the radio unless we have to, but we try to just, you know, talk about the car and what we want to change and uh, what the next pit stop is going to look like. Yeah. I think I'd want to listen to a little Lanco in my ear. Maybe when I'm driving around a racetrack, that would yeah, be a lot of fun. Maybe you might That'd be good. Chase Elliott claims he has boiled winning down to three things that matter most. How good of a job did we do building that car? How prepared am I coming into the race weekend? And how did we execute it? Fair to say all those things are pretty accurate there, Chase? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, everything about a sequence of weekends like we had the past two weeks matters and, and certainly coming into a championship Sunday. So uh, we were just trying to keep all our ducks in a row and, and uh, thought our team did a really nice job of that. They did. And by the way, you know, when you guys win a race, you do these burnouts at the end of these races. Now, when players score touchdowns in the NFL or they hit home runs in Major League Baseball or they score goals in hockey, they have all these different celebrations they do. Do you guys like practice your burnouts and, and do you have like a signature move? <laughs> no, that's a good question. Um, no, I, I don't really practice them. I mean, I guess if you win a lot, um, you get to practice more. So that, that's some incentive. But, you know, I don't, I don't really know when that started. Uh, or why that became a, a cool thing to do, but it just kind of is. And uh, I guess it's just one of those traditions or whatever that uh, you enjoy doing after a race. It's, it's fun. So I feel like a lot of us like to do it. How similar of a driver are you to your dad? And that's so hard. I get this question a lot, and that's such a tough thing, right? Because I, I was pretty young when, when he was racing, so I don't 
I didn't understand enough of racing to really see his style or like be like, hey, you know, his style is this. Um, and obviously, I don't watch myself, so it's really hard for me to compare two things uh, from you know my point of view. That it's just tough, kind of a weird right. thing to compare. So I don't know. Well, I can tell you, he was great, still is great, and you're starting to become great, so that's very similar. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about Jimmy Johnson, you know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, an IndyCar, he had an interest in all of that. Would you yeah. ever have an interest in driving an IndyCar at Indy 500? Man, you know, IndyCar, the Indy 500 is an amazing race. I mean, I think that that's an event that every drive, you, you mentioned it, and I think most any race car driver is going to perk up about it. Um, so, you know, at, at some point down the road, I, I could see mm -hmm. that. Um, I don't know. I don't know when. You know, I've never driven an Indy car or anything like mm -hmm. that. So I don't know. I just I'd have to get my feet wet first. But it for sure has my interest, and uh, I'm not not saying no. All right, good. I like to hear that. And and, and by the way, I think you're going to end up giving it a shot. I bet you. Now Daytona is right around the corner. Essentially, are you already thinking about it, or are you just trying to enjoy the championship, or are you already focused on next season? Man, I'm honestly not thinking about next year yet. You know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this and I'm definitely going to soak it in. All right, Chase. Thanks so much. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. All right. Good luck to you. And on to all of you who are watching, thank you. I'm Boomer Esiason. and I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time with the Basketball Hall of Famer himself, Patrick Ewing. Trying to make history. The nine of Chase Elliott. Three road course wins in a row. He's going to win at Daytona.